I don't have to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. There's your soundbite that you wanted. All right, we have Rich Decker with us, uh, CEO of AWAT Fitness, and I think we just roll right into it. Roll in. That's pretty good. That's roll. all we roll, right? Yep, we just roll right in. Dude, I wouldn't have expected you to come in any other way on a motorcycle. I knew you had a, a motorcycle, but I didn't realize you had the Mac Daddy of motorcycles. That is the Road Glide, the 2021 Road Glide. Yeah, it's not bike. Yeah, yeah, that thing. It just even sounds smooth coming up the road. It was like, oh, he's on something. Have you had any motor work done to that thing? But I specifically didn't do any drugs before I got here. What do you mean I'm on something? No, it's there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you kind of are on something when you're on a motorcycle. You are natural high, little road high. I feel like a a lot of people don't, a lot of people I know don't ride on the road anymore. But I started to ride on the road again. And obviously you have to be so, you have to be so careful. But it's a really great feeling to be able to ride motorcycles on the road now. Like especially out here this time of year. This time of year out here, I'll specifically ride at night, though. Yeah. During the day, it's just too much. Between the trade parade, between the treacle dust coming out here, the day trippers, what, what, what 738, like Doyak Road right now, wide open. Yeah, totally. Bill Road, Bill Stone, wide open. There's nobody, no shortcutters, nothing around. You yeah. Know, you, the occasional people you got to look out for, but it's not like mass traffic. Right. Because there's nothing like sitting on top of a motorcycle and it's fucking hot as hell out. I know. Are we allowed to curse on this? Absolutely. It's free rain. We can talk about everything. Um... I obviously have always wanted to just kind of sit down and talk with you anyway, so I think it's perfect to just capture it in its natural essence of, I know you have a book, I know you probably want to talk about AWOT and your mobile gym that you've created. Um, Rich has created a mobile gym that goes onto a truck. Uh, it's a basically a, a truck, uh, was it a Dodge 1500? That one is, yeah. Yeah, it's a, and so I think it's, it's pr- you're going to make it versatile. Uh, why don't I just let you explain what you do? You're actually doing a really good job. <laughs> like, I'm working for you now. We got the mobile truck. You're hitting everything hard. Yep. Um, so the trucks I designed is uh, Dodge 1500. The original truck I did was a Rocky Ridge, so it's a crazy lifted monster that we just converted into a gym. Bought it over to um, Liberty Iron right in Southampton. Oh, so John did it. John did it. John oh, awesome. went to work. He did prototypes for me. He set it up. We, I think we're on the fifth version of what's now on the back of the trucks that we sell, which is another 1500, but it's just not a Rocky Ridge because you don't need the off-road custom packages. Yeah. You need a, a lifted custom truck. But then in the um, process, <coughs> in speaking to people, potential franchisees, they're not Dodge people. I'm a Ford person. I'm a Chevy. I ain't get behind no jobs. It's like amazing how truck... Throughout uh, the country. I don't know if it's truck phobia or truck preference, whatever you call it. So we have... Truck country. The, truck country. It's like... So we had to make the actual vehicle or the racks for the vehicle versatile to fit any 1500 truck. So it does now? Yeah. Oh, now, that's so pretty awesome. Now it's a universal fit, so we actually you can have your own truck, so you can save a lot of money buying the franchise if you have 2015 and newer. <clears throat> or if you want to get a Toyota Tundra, which is probably $20,000 cheaper than the Ram. Yeah. Or if, you want, if you're a Ford guy, you're a Ford family, whatever. You know, we're, we're not here to tell people what kind of trucks to drive. We just set them up with the complete workout package. Yeah. I think now we have 30 workout stations that are attached to the truck. Um, things to attach to the custom racks that we made, which are about, they go about two feet higher than the cab or the top of the truck, or a foot actually, and then they stretch out about three feet for pull-up bars, chin-up bars, heavy bags, battle ropes, bungee runs, gorilla bows, TRX. It's kind of like um, power cage. Yeah. When you go into the gym, the big squat rack, where you see everything fastened to it. Yeah. That's what I told John when we pulled into the gym. I'm like, we need to make this something like it just work off like an anchor. Awesome. And then we store all the equipment on the outside of the vehicle in the uh, the deck system. It's like a drawer system for hunters where we convert it to hold all our exercise ah. equipment. 
and so the cab of the vehicle maintains personal vehicle use for the trainer and or owner operator like mine as you know at 57 i now have a car seat and i have an expected baby bag next to the car seat which you probably didn't know we get another baby coming oh wow yeah we're uh four months pregnant with a uh, little brother to the baby dog. what the judge, oh yeah congrats yeah. man you know in between working out you gotta work it yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> staying healthy on all fronts but it, it helps, you know, if you're a business operator that you actually could pay your eight or $900 for a truck and that's also your personal vehicle. 100%. Which also helps because when I take that vehicle out, any restaurants or anywhere, it's a rolling billboard. Yeah. I no longer have to market. All my business comes from people going by either seeing the truck being in use yep. or asking questions because when they see it, I was like this Mad Max vehicle, like what is this? You know, it says, you know, the fitness truck on the side, like yep. a food truck, you know, but... We're not selling burritos. We're selling six packs. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Good, I love right? that. I love that one. Um, no, I mean, I see it. It doesn't look like that at all. And I love the new branding. Honestly, it looks really, really good. The truck itself is very like discreet. It kind of for people that are just listening and haven't seen it. And the people that are kind of maybe watching this on YouTube, we'll put up a little clip of what it looks like. But basically, it looks almost like a carpenter's rack on the back of the truck. And then everything kind of hooks onto that. So something that people would generally put ladders on. It's almost like a the shape of a topper, but it's all exposed, made out of aluminum. Stainless. Or it is stainless. It's steel, and then the, the parts that we use, you know, that move up and down and, and, and attach are all stainless. Yeah, and, I, and, and I've done a, 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 a lap around the truck. You kind of start in one station. Uh, you're on some ropes. You're on a bow. Uh, you're on battle ropes on the front of the truck. And you kind of just work your way clockwise around the truck. And in one lap around the truck, I was, I was tired. And so I, I was I was pretty, I was pretty impressed on how effective it actually was. Cause, I mean, I've actually been doing some more workouts here and there with Angel, and like they're pretty like like high cardio, like kind of high high intensity. And just one lap, I was like, and you were making fun of me because I went to go fly the drone after that. My hands were they were like shaking. I was like, <laughs> dude, one lap, I'm dying right now. Well, we, you know, it's funny because when you did it, you were doing it. I did it. Angel did it. Um, I think Jackie was there and Therese. And they're you know, older women. They're like in their 60s. I'm in my late 50s, but you know, I kind of don't count because I've been working out for like 30 years. But people who just started working out, we all got to do it together. Yeah. You know, the reason why you were shaking is because you were just doing what Brett does. You were like riding your dirt bike through the woods. You were just pushing the fold. Right. Instead of just going through it, like, yeah. let me understand this, you're like, I'm going to fucking kick it. I'm going to kill it. And that's, well, and the camera's that's on. the cool thing about it, right? It's like, so you can work out to your own pace. Yeah. You could be working out right next to somebody in their late 60s. Totally. And they're doing it to their pace. And then, you know, you're competing with me. I'm competing with you. So it's like the versatility, you know, what we offer when we go, because we do a lot of family fitness. You know, so it'll be like mom and dad in their 60s and their 30-year-old kid, yeah. 15-year-old kid. It's like it goes down to grandchildren. That's the cool atmosphere because, one, you're not going to get that when you go to a gym. You yeah. don't even know if you could get the whole family into the gym, you know, in the same class. Because right. the class might be booked and they can't get reservation. Now it's like you're working out, especially during these times, right? Listen, as much as we want to look at the pandemic, it's real. It's infectious. It's more interior than exterior you get to work out in the safety of our environment. Yeah. And that's really, so I created this a year and a half pre-COVID. Right. So we were just fortunate, you know, they, that say, it landed. they say preparation and luck collide. Yeah. You know, you become very successful. And that's really the Chuck's added success is the fact that people want to be outside. Yeah. <laughs> they want to know who they're working out with. Um, it's a bonus that grandma and grandpa and, you know, the, the daughters of three generations can actually work out together. And just go to their own. So I did a I did a family this weekend in Southampton, and the mom, dad's 57, 58 years old, 
in shape, tennis players, you know. Yeah. Kids are CrossFitters, 25 years old, jacked. They're competing. Their girlfriends are there, but everybody got to do it at their own pace. And they yeah. love the entire workout. So like you said, it's just a circuit. You know, we have a bell, a whistle time, and it tells you when to start, when to finish, and you just move along. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I said, the the one lap that I did was was very effective. What I kind of found, too, is that when you go to a gym, you're often kind of tripped up on somebody waiting for a machine. So when it's kind of just like circular like that, you just kind of are getting it in. You get the time in. You get your workout in, and it's it's it hits everything. So I feel like, I don't know, uh, I, everyone kind of, not everyone, a, a few people have been very creative during COVID, let's say, sure. to work out in different ways because the people were in, in an uprise that gyms were closed and, you know, for people's mental health alone, just not being able to go to the gym was a, was a huge factor. A lot of people get their demons out that way. Um, but I, I like this, I like this, this, this style because it's not just necessarily for you. It's a franchise, like you said. So people, like if I remember right, you told me that people are already purchasing these across the yeah. country, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can have a business when everything's closed down potentially yeah so we were pandemic proof and that's pretty uh, uh, fortunate to be able to say especially when you operate out of new york you know we were the king of shutdown states yeah so it's not like if somebody told me they're operating a business in florida and said they were pandemic proof i kind of don't count it yeah they kind of disregard you know what's going on they have their own which is cool everybody it's own country right their, now they could do their own stuff i don't tell anybody what to do but we were in a place where everybody was shut down and yeah having clients working out at the beach right next to code enforcers, right next to police enforcement. And their message was that real simple, keep the social distancing and social gathering laws and you're cool. Yeah. So everybody made sure you know, with a truck that's 20 feet long and seven feet wide and the equipment is all different variations of length, keeping social distancing is not an issue. Right. And having 10 people come instead of 25 is not an issue either. Yeah. You know, so it worked out really well um, because that's your question, right? It's, you have to be creative in times of in recessions We've never had a pandemic, so people realize that it's just like another recession, yeah, uh, which has turned into almost like a depression. But it's like you, when you're successful in your creativity, you know the best thing to do with that is share it, and that's where the franchise idea came up. I didn't start this to be a franchise. I right. started this because I closed my last gym. Yeah, I wanted something to work out on. I yep. had a handful of clients wanted something. We were using the woods. We were doing trail fitness. Yeah, we were all concerned with ticks going into summer season. It's so bad here. That's where, the, that's where the truck came out. Yeah. I already had a monster truck. I said, let me just go and rack it up. And we just did so well that I decided the franchise simultaneously COVID hit like two months after we started our franchise paperwork. So we're just, and that's, it's not as. Um, so it's just, it just kind of evolved <clears throat> into this thing. Yeah. And that's pretty much anything that's, you know, creativity, right? Creativity yeah. just kind of has a life of its own. But the pandemic wasn't beneficial for the franchising. Yeah. Because nobody can come see it because of all the travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. And it's such a unique business concept, which is a high profit margin. It's almost too good to be true. So you want to be hands on. Yeah. You want to come and see the truck. So the, during the whole travel shutdown, nobody was able to see it. But since that's relaxed, since around February, March of this year, and the vaccination started coming out, and Florida opened up trade shows, Texas opened up trade shows, the truck's now been seen hmm. nationwide in different trade shows. So you shows. took it down there? Yeah, I've been down to Florida three different times. For oh, cool. Shows. We and take it on the um, the Amtrak, the auto train. Oh, so you put it on there? I Virginia, door on train, they ship it to Florida, I get off, drive to the location. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, so you stay in the truck the whole time or you can get no, off? No, and... you actually, they, you, you have to get out. They board it, then you go to a sleeper car if you want, or you go to a coach seat oh, if that's... you want to do. And I didn't even know that was a dinner. thing. Yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty cool. And it's almost. I should go to Art Basel like that. It's, it's probably like dollar for dollar close to 
you know, Airfare if you're going to drive. Okay. And, and, or if it's definitely cheaper than taking an and shipping by a truck. And the problem is when you ship it by trucks, will it get there on time? Put your motorcycle yeah. in the back. Oh, with that, they have bikes all the time on the other trucks. Really? They put, they, you, you bring your motorcycle there, they put it on their own trailer. So I have like eight bikes on it, an eight-person trailer, and they, they tow it onto the the caboose or whatever, the, the car that carries the storage and stuff. I don't know why I never thought and of this. They back it up, yeah. Where, where do you get bikers. out? Virginia to uh, Stanford, Florida, right next to Orlando. Okay. Is it in there or does it keep going? It ends there. It starts at one stop. That's it. You get in Virginia, you go to Stanford, that's it. How did you even find out about that? That is so random. Yeah, I'm just a little older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Still traveling by train. <laughs> You know, we used, we used to rob trains on horseback, you know, back in my day. Yeah, no, that's I'm what joking. I heard. That's what I heard. That's so funny. Um, so what what got you into fitness? I mean, because as long as I've known you since I first came out here, I knew you, you had a gym, and but you were also just like an all-around entrepreneur. Like, that's what I've found fascinating. You've owned restaurants and this and that. And it's like you're always kind of doing something. And this this feels nice that you've landed here, but I, I, I'm also interested, like, what kind of got you to the dance a little bit because – as it seems like you said you've been working out for 30 years, but what I've did you what been, started that? I'm working out now 43 years. I was 14 years old, and my older brother is 10 years older than me, Jay. He took me to my first gym, and I was just hooked. Where was this? It was in uh, it was in Hempstead, actually. We lived in Rockville Center, and the gym was in Hempstead. It was a Nautilus gym. Nautilus first came out, so there were like the hydraulic machines and the weight racks and stuff. And Damn. I just went in, and I'm like... Oh, this is cool. Yeah. Just pushing weight and moving stuff and doing the machines, and I just got hooked. Yeah. And it just, you know, and, and just stayed consistent. And then I went, you know, 17, 18, got into the bar business. And then by 19, I owned half of my first bar. I rented the restaurant concession out from the bar owners because they didn't want to run the food. And I had the opportunity, so I did the food and, and ran the bar that was out here in Southampton, a place called The Still. That was in Oh, so you've been out here that long? I moved out here in 83, full time. So, and how old were you then? 17, 18. Oh, shit. So you've been out here your whole life. Came out every summer as a kid. Grandparents raised us because our parents had to work and there's seven of us. Yeah. So we had a you know boatload of kids that my parents couldn't afford babysitting and stuff. Yeah. So we came out, stayed for Memorial Day to Labor Day during the school break. And then when I graduated high school in 82, I moved out here. So that's been, that's had been fascinating to just kind of see the oh, transformation of this place. The transformation of the Hamptons is insane. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... It's no, I was with uh, my kids, they came and visited this weekend, They were, one lives in West Palm, the other one just moved back from Seattle, and they're like, this is not even the same Hamptons we had when we grew up, Yeah. and they're only 25. Yeah, totally. Like, you don't even know it, they don't even, they don't even really enjoy it that much, they'd rather be where they can just come and visit and hang, because it's just, it's turned into a different environment. Yeah, you it's know, not the same. Not, yeah, it's all right, I mean... You know, everything has its course, right? It's all got to go in a certain direction. You know, your, yeah. your choice is if you want to stick in it or go somewhere else. That's know? the thing. One thing that's not on us, that's on all the plants and everything outside, is roots. We're allowed to move around. Yeah. You know, our feet don't have, but everybody thinks they got to get, like, I'm a little stagnated. I've been here almost 40 years straight, so I'm tired. Yeah. You know, I should have gone already, but then COVID hit. Baby. But where would you go? Colorado. Mountains. Really? Yeah. I'm really? Looking, I'm already looking in, in places outside of Denver. I want it for a couple of reasons. I like I like open space. Yeah. I want to be able to buy, you know, something that has a big piece of property totally. for, my, for my new children to grow up. Yeah. But the open roads for motorcycles. That's what I was just about to <clears> say. I want to get off work and just go on a windy road. Oh, yeah. Or just see just cruise. Like that used to be out here. You used to yeah. cruise all over. You know, yeah. about anything. Now it's like you do, you know, between the deer population and the, and the, and the car population, it's something you need to be cautious of. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be on point to ride out here. You do. And it's, you know, like big cities and other places, yes, as well. But, you know, I've, 
come very close to hitting deer out here many times and I did hit a coyote probably the last coyote in the Hamptons uh, and it didn't kill it but I, I I got him good and I almost went down uh, it's crazy a little coyote you take you down one. sure it's like hitting a bar of soap all of a sudden will take it down oh it, easily yeah. yeah squirrel yeah a squirrel take you down <laughs> I got hit by a freaking blackbird drive my bike right in my face oh that almost knocked my ass out like so holy <laughs> shit was, yeah, yeah. No, that was a weird weird experience yeah I'm yeah. sure yeah, I've just even just been hit with debris on the road, and it's just like split your knuckle open or something. You're like, holy shit, I'm glad I was actually wearing a helmet when this happened. Yeah. You know, out west, it's crazy. They don't even have helmet laws, which it's like, you know, I've partaked in not having a helmet on, like just shredding down the road, and it's nice. But, like, man, I've also crashed with a helmet on, and just see that scrape mark on a helmet is no, you don't right. want that on your face. Well, we'll segue a little bit. So I have a little one of those stories. Oh, you do? I was 25 years old. Oh, I'm sure. Everyone's got the story. I like to drink a little bit. <laughs> I, used to, I used to love doing cocaine. Yeah. So I moved to Florida. Yeah. It wasn't Perfect enough. place. It wasn't for enough that. here in the Hampton. <laughs> yeah. There was only three months of it here back then. Yeah. You got to go and right you, to the source. You're going back to like 25. So you're going back 22 years ago. Yeah. 20, no, 32 years. 32 years ago. So it'll be 57. This you're like September. Miami's. Miami. Like 32 years ago, Hamptons was only something in Memorial Day to Labor Day. After yeah. September came, roll up the carpet. It's done. It just Tumbleweeds. died. Yeah. Tumbleweed Tuesday, right? Yeah. Out all night, party with my friends, we decided to race down Interstate 95 in Boca. And I wiped at 100 and a quarter. On the motorcycle? On the motorcycle. They're on motorcycles, too. I normally wear, yeah, we all have, no, I was racing, you know, they had bicycles. Well, I, ra- I, raced a Ferrari. Yeah. I raced a Ferrari the last time I was at Art Basel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were different. I ride, I ride Harleys. I don't ride stuff that can race Ferraris. Okay. <laughs> well, this thing shouldn't have been either. So, um. But normally during the day, I wear like that little yarmulke helmet. Yeah. The, the non, it's like a toy helmet. Yeah. <clears throat> but at night, I always put on a full face helmet because I had the clear windshield. Right. And you could see. And that's, it really didn't save my life because I died and was pronounced dead. I had two, two days. Holy two days shit. On life, two days on life support. Um, 85%. Wait, what made you crash? A, a high speed wobble. It was oh. a brand new um, Kawasaki Vulcan 1500. They just came out and it was a defect. Matter of fact, they sold the bike to California Highway Patrol, Texas Highway Patrol, and they actually recalled all of them. They actually what? showed a, a picture in the bike magazine them running them over with a steamroller because you would just be going on a straightaway. We were, we were on a straightaway on Boca, just flying down the road, and we came across Boca International Airport, and the wind hit it, and the whole bike just kind of just dunked. Holy it's, it's kinda, shit. The last thing I remember is just being like thrown, and then I skipped down the road for a while. But I got up and got on it and shot. And hit it and it's started crazy. and left. My buddy's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "We're going home." Said, oh, <laughs> like, you need to look at yourself. I was Literally, like, dead man I was walking. Like shredded. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, yeah, but uh, full face helmet is what saved my ass because my shoulders completely like a piece of hamburger meat. Um, but the helmet was burnt down to the insulation. Damn. And that would have been my face. So yeah, yeah. That's, and that's I don't wear even today. I wear a regular helmet. Yeah. But I still don't wear full face helmets. That's what saved my ass. It's just like we don't learn sometimes. But it's so nice to just be on the bike without it sometimes. It's probably one of the most surreal experiences, you know, because I got to see things that most people got to wait till they die and stay dead. Yeah. I didn't get to stay dead. I got to come back. <laughs> yeah. But when you do, when you have that experience, you're not afraid about dead anymore. You see the other side and it's like, look, this is, this is a trip. It ain't so bad. It's kind of warm over here. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it might it's, be better. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> this is, we're here for whatever purpose we're here for. Everybody as an individual. Uh, but when you get to go back there, you kind of just forget about why you were Just like you don't know how you got here, you forget about where you came from. When you go there, you can forget about here. You don't go there. When I was there, I wasn't thinking here. So you remember it? Yeah. Yeah. Half, half the tattoos on my body are a tribute to, to what I experienced on that side. Shut the hell up. Yeah. 
I was I actually these stories. I like I always hesitate to like ask people about their tattoos, and I was like, should I ask Rich about his tattoos? And I was like, nah, that's so corny. But that I had no, I would have never attributed it to that. Yeah, they're all tribal, spiritual, and everything has some kind of significant message. Wait, so me. from that moment, or you've had probably multiple no, moments I, like no, this. No, all my tattoos were after that. But I, this is life stories, but from the moment, a lot of the animal creatures and stuff on me, the spiritual representation of what I saw when I was on that time. So I have like elephants and lions, like big, like on my chest. From this one cage. time or multiple occasions? From that time. On, I, don't, well, I only died once, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. Magic wild and crazy guy yeah i mean so wait so you were pronounced dead yeah they had to put me on life support holy shit dude yeah and so so while you're on the other side you remember everything like what so can you go into it you know it's kind of like people think you need a white jacket let's just say everything you read about pretty much does exist there is an eternal being in us yeah that just leaves us so like right now i weigh 215 pounds if for some reason I had a heart attack right now talking to you and they came and weighed me, the coroner report would say 215 pounds because my weight is lifeless because my weight is just the energy that's driving this body. This body has nothing to do, you know, with the source that's keeping it going. Like, if I had to pay attention to how this is working while I'm talking to you, well, I would probably die right now. There's so much stuff going on. It's so complex, us. yeah. And it's, um, so you get to understand that. Because it gets broken down to simplicity. Because over there, it's just nothing but energy. It's like Peter Pan. Yeah. I liken it to the Peter Pan movie because other than the physical beings you see when you first go over, which is could be past relatives, whatever I saw, just about everything I needed to see, and old friends that died and recognized them all. And but you only see them physically for a brief moment. What's the space that you're in? Are you like in a foggy room? No, or just it's, like it's infinite the brightest, foggy, infinite bright or like ice castles. It's just an amazing. It's beyond any scope of what you could think big is what is are, are you are it's you, just your so after the physical representation of whatever you needed to see um relatives anybody who's passed before you basically yeah i got to see all happy and some were decapitated some were brutally injured so when you, on that side they were like beautiful and perfect as they remember in their physical <clears throat> form from in their here physical just for a brief nanosecond I call it and then you turn into like these Peter Band nothing but like energy energy and just like and it's just so it's cool holy shit and then you go back to a little bit of a physical state um when you're having a conversation like my conversation I believe was with Jesus because that's who I recognize him to be and we just talked and walked and that's it you know about life and why I'm going back I'm not staying what do you damn I mean I have a similar experience to this that's why I'm so fascinated I've never I've talked to other people I've had similar experience but they're never as open about it like in a spiritual sense or some of the magical aspects about it like a lot of people have been like well that's because you hit your head yeah i mean i get that and it's fine yeah i know what i saw and i know what i get to believe totally um i still have moments of that come back to me my moments that i was there i still have visualizations and say dreams Mm -hmm. Um, i still see visualizations where i see who i walk with like here on earth i'm like dude you know yeah you know because you have that connection um, my biggest thing whenever I, sh- I didn't start sharing this and probably to about 15 years after the accident because it was mine um, people think well what do you that makes you better than me I said no it just gives me a little bit of insight to what we're all here for yeah that's it yeah you know you know more stuff about different things than I know this is just I got the, I got a sneak peek at behind ten, the curtain at a little bit that's it yeah that's a little you know, sneak peek behind the curtain if I was better than you I would have gotten already 
Yeah. Like, I'm still got to be here doing the same shit you're doing. Yeah. Like, I'm in the grind like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking sound right on back. I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I know. It's you know? like it. Even it, the, the best one out of all of us had to die before he left. If you believe in any of the spirituality, any of the religions, I don't believe in anything from a religion. Uh, I just believe in spiritual essence. Like, yeah. Like, uh, the two things I liken this to is um, the movie The Shack. Yeah. It's really close. But there's a great book here by an author. Uh, I'm not going to get her name, so I won't even try and guess it. But the title of the book was The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. And she lived in East Hampton. And her brother was a crazy, reckless, similar personality, but he just loved to, to party and drug. And he ended up dying a young death. But like two days later, he came back and, and channeled this book with her through her. And the stuff I read in that book, when I read the book, I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking yeah. about. I know exactly where. It's kind of like somebody telling me, you know, if you go down to Main Street and you make a right, you're going to see the corner bar yeah, right yeah, to yeah. the left. I'm like, totally. you don't know about that shit. Unless you saw you it. You don't know. You, you can't even think of it. Totally. You can't imagine it. There's no way anybody, and, and there's different, um, like I said, the energy and also the music over there is insane. Yeah. It's like um, Mozart's 25th symphony. It's like a symphony that's never been heard of. Just and it's easy. it's in the book. I'm reading the shit, and I'm like, I saw tearing up reading the guy's book. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know this. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. Cool. That was probably one of the closest. And there's a lot out there, you know, about it. You know, it's uh, it's it's when you have it, it doesn't. You know, Wayne Dyer said it really perfectly. You disregard the good opinions of others. So if anybody hearing this or seeing it, he's fucking lying. He's foolish. It doesn't matter. That's your good opinion. Totally. That's cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I was not pronounced dead, uh, but just, I think, wrong in the head enough times to maybe just see things a little bit differently. Uh, and I've kind of, I've always been open to the fact that it could just be neurological, but there's just some weird moments that I've had that are completely out of body where I've, I've looked at my body <coughs> being on the ground and, and then just met these beings that weren't even there while the whole, and I woke up and I go, where's that guy in my mom? And my mom was there. She's like, that guy wasn't there. The guy was there, was bald, and that was the only guy that was there. And I'm like, what about the guy with all the hair? He almost looked like Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, he had a beard. And she's like, no, that, there was no guy like that there. And I was like, no, I was talking to him and he was telling me this whole thing. Um, but it's, you know, I've talked to other people that have, you know, had these experiences and it's like they've explained it as like these angelic beings that have been surrounding them and the music that is like playing when they're there. And I'm like, there's something to all this. It's like, I feel like everything is a little bit true. Well, it should be, right? To really understand enlightenment. That's true. And, and isn't it old? If you live in true, right, to really understand enlightenment. Right. And that's all we are. We're evolved. To right? really understand enlightenment. Right. That's you, true. We have two deaths, right? You have the death of the womb. You can no longer live inside somebody's stomach and underwater. So that's really a death to that being hmm. to come to this, right? That's like its own universe in there. It's living for nine months and creating. Damn, and also you emerge. <clears throat> so that's to deliver. The evolved angel to home because you're fully evolved now as a human and then we have the death of our physical being which is to deliver the enlightened angel to home these are stories in my book when it comes to it's like now whether it took you 57 maybe 58 maybe 165 miscarriage you learned what you needed to learn in this experience that you chose yeah you made a choice to come on this. You don't. We don't come here by accident. Somebody yeah. does have the act of sex for us to arrive through them as a channel. Yeah. But there's a, there's a conscious choice that you're making for the spiritual world. Like I want to visit Earth, and this is what I'm picking. My parents. I'm picking my family. I'm picking my color. I'm picking my sexuality. I'm picking if I'm amputated. I'm picking if I'm if I'm so, everything is pre-planned. And you'll get when you read this other book, 
Yeah, if you read it, 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 it hones in on a lot of that because his life was a choice and he rang it to the bell. Really? You know, he did the alcoholism, the drug addiction, the thievery. He did everything that would be ridiculing you as a human, but was praised on the other side for carrying out his path to the T. Damn. And like elevated so fast to the spiritual realm on that side because he, he stuck to the choice instead of blaming everybody for the choice. Right. Which we all like to do. Yeah, 100%. You know, like my kids, I love them to death, 27, 25, whenever they say something, they go, I said, you chose me. <laughs> I, I just wanted to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> you chose me and you arrived and you're going to be pissed off at me. I said, that, that doesn't work. That's amazing. You know, own your choice. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Do they see it that way? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I won't even tell you what they say. But yeah, I'm sure. They're getting big enough that I can hit them back when they talk like that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you got to ramble them a little bit. No, nah, my one son hit it perfectly. He goes, Dad, he goes, I piss you off enough because I've seen how you don't like to hurt people you don't know, so I know how you would hurt if you touched me. I said, you're exactly right. Yeah. And you take it that for advantage. I said, well, one day I might snap. Yeah, you might, might get me. me. It might not be me. Might, might get me on a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I think there's a little bit of something to all of that stuff because, you know, I, I feel like there's – what is true, right? Like, what do we call truth? Like, we all have our own truths of every aspect that we call true. Like, for example, you have a, a disagreement with a friend. One person thinks one thing's true. One person thinks the other thing's truth. And those are, like, their truths that they exist on. But ultimately, like, what is our, what is, like, the, the truth of, the, like, the experience that we are kind of living? Because it just, it feels so weird that, like, some of our thoughts really aren't ours, right? Like, I, I don't feel responsible for my thoughts, like, I, I feel like they are mine, yes. Like, not, not not taking accountability for them. But, like, where do they come from? Like, why do I have these dreams? Why do I have these glimpses of things? And why do sometimes things come true that I dream about? Why do I, you know, it's like, is it really just manifestation and being just so hyper-geeked on something that I make things happen because I'm relentless? There are aspects of that. But, like, what are these, like, messages and these, why do I want to do the things I want to do? Why do, why do like the, the greats do the things that they want to do, right? Is it is it just predestined or, you know, it's just, it's strange because it's like even like the folklore that we like live by, like, oh, like the big bad wolf or it seems like a little bit of everything is kind of true it's in some regard. Do you feel that like in any in any way, like, you know, you say you have like, you, you talk to Jesus, let's say, you like you met this person that you acquaint as Jesus. Do you believe in like the stories as like the literal sense or do you believe in them as like stories of things that were true? Maybe we are the alien invaders, you know, like we believe in aliens, we believe in Godzilla, we believe in all these like little things, but like maybe they're all actually true. Well, so to me, so it's funny because the book I wrote is giving you meaning because we define things in our society. As soon as you define something, you can find it. Like we define this glass of water as water. But there's probably 1,700 descriptions for water throughout the world. Mm. So if I went somewhere else and said water, they'd be like, well, yeah, you limit it. Because when you define it, you confine it. So if you take the word truth, you know, in the dictionary, it's actually in that book. Maybe I can't remember. I can't. The Western Dictionary, if we looked it up, the definition was something really basic and simple. But the energetic meaning to truth is just to really understand the heart. You know, if I really understand my heart, it's going to be different than your heart. So our truths are going to be different. Right. The thing we need to understand is we just need to respect each other's truths. Yeah. And allow them to be different. Right. You know. That's what I've learned getting allow, older. Allow means to give permission. Yeah. But in the book, allow means all love, leave out worry. 
if I allow Brett to have his truth on this and I have my truth, we could compromise, we could meet in the middle, or we don't even have to understand it. We just yeah. have to say, well, that's, that's cool. Yeah. You know, Brett thinks he saw Jesus. Cool. Well, not even like let, not even let's say that. You don't even have to. You just need to understand if we, you know, the shaman said it perfectly, the whole world could get along if everybody just allowed each other to be. Totally. But that's kind of what I'm saying. That's what we're both saying, I think. You know, you, you, you know, human being, right? I love my acronym for that. It's humbly understand man arrive now. Become enlightened and inspire new growth. That's it. It's a simple existence. Yeah. We fucking complicate it because oh, we yeah. decide to look what's going on in the world today between politics, religions, the, the, the politicizing of COVID. It's an infection. We're the same. Yeah. We were invisible to the human eye before we existed. We're nothing but a walking Petri dish. Mm -hmm. We have seven trillion cells in our body. If they all align and work perfectly together, we, we were okay. But if yeah. some off, you know, we could be a psychopath. We could be this. We could be that. But that's the desired path of what that needs to be. It's not an inherent taught by somebody go out and do this kind of thing. It's just, right. It's, it's what needed to be carried out. There's always something to be lessened and always something to be fixed and always something to be changed. Yeah. Versus the resistance is where... Conflict is existence. Resistance to that is where you have the the, con the the inner conflict instead of just saying, okay, so it's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of allowing each other to, to be, as much as it seems so heightened in media and whatnot, but even just like among its friends, like I remember, you know, friends would give the worst advice before sometimes. You know, if you were like talking about like, let's say a relationship, they'd be like, ah, she sucked anyway, or you know what oh, I mean, yeah. like that kind of shit. But now it's like and then they start dating her. What? <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? She sucked. <laughs> he unfollows you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know now there's so many conversations when people like I think a lot of people are also seeking so much more help and balance and in, in in life as well. But you know I hear so many conversations now from people like talking or people like amongst friends or like maybe having issues. They're like, well playing devil's advocate well maybe this person has something going on and it's like you just even that thought like did not exist i f i swear like 15 years ago probably not you know what i mean i mean not as pro not as prominent as it is now but now it's like it's you hear 22 23 year old kids saying that same shit they're like hey you know maybe maybe he's got something going on you don't know what's going on with him and the other person's like yeah but you know they still want to be hung up and the other person actually gives them good advice and i'm like witnessing this i'm like yeah this isn't what we're hearing on TV and in other places. Like people are, are generally very compassionate for each other. Not on the highway, but you know. Well, I think like the media, you know, on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's happened is the media is kind of they're their own worst enemy at this point. Yeah. You know, they've lied enough. They've spun things enough. They spin negativity enough. You know, and the opportunity now just to get um, streaming TV. So you don't, like, I don't have cable vision in my house. Yeah, same. I did not watch the news. I'll throw in a good series of Netflix or something. Totally. I like it. But that's my choice what yeah. I want to watch. It's not like I have to watch the Channel 7 news mm -hmm. at any time. I turn off the news alerts on my phone because, I mean, all it wants to do is tell you about something horrific. Always. You know, I wanted to open a thing called, like, like Ted Turner did CNN, and everybody thought he was crazy. 24 hours of news. And that's what the idea with it, right? Yeah. We, we basically almost went bankrupt to create it. Because um, the wars helped him. He was able to bring wars into our living room is scary we didn't need to know what was going on and when we did but now everybody needs to know 
is to do the Good News Network because there's so many good things happening in the world every day, everywhere. Yeah. That if you share that, that's just as and more contagious than the bad news. Yeah, 100%. Share the accomplishments of children. Share the accomplishments of that. Just don't wait for like the Olympics to see the competitions or this. There's good news happening all the time. All around. But you know, the media, if it doesn't bleed, it doesn't leave. Yeah. That's it. The best thing that can happen to you if you fuck up and you get into the media, if somebody fucks up bigger than you, you're in your channel's bomb. Yeah, totally. It's the best thing that ever. Right, like, yeah. Getting, you're getting killed. Like, right now, Cuomo's wishing that somebody does something really stupid and they'll stop talking to 100%. him. 100%. He'll, he'll just be gone. Yeah, he'll just, be, everyone will forget. But until he's gone, you know, it's going to stay there. Yeah. For weeks of months, and it's happened to people I've known personally have done really fucked up things, and and nothing else has happened in the world during that time. Yeah. So they were the main news for like two to... weeks. It's like, oh man, you poor dude. Yeah, like <laughs> somebody started your... a fire. <laughs> no, <it's just> <laughs> like, you're just getting into... nothing else has happened. Like the world went quiet except for your shit. Like, yeah. You, oh, you know? that's so painful. But that's how these guys get paid. And they just and then they also spin it for their own beliefs and then the people who get behind them like their beliefs and yeah. like you know we had this whole political uprising for the last few years in our country. We had the COVID uprising and people, you know, it should be handled differently and stuff. I was like, you know what? So go move to a country where you don't have choices. Yeah. Go somewhere where, where if you do say no, you might end up dead. Yeah. And when they say you're locked down and you go out of your house, your family never sees you again. Yeah. Or if you do, I said, those countries exist. That shit's going down, actually. It's real. It's here. You see it. And everyone's yeah. like, how did... How did this thing start in China and they had so few deaths? Because when China tells you to stay the fuck, you stay home. <laughs> yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. They will, you'll never go home again. Yeah. You know, what do we do? We go out, we protest, we take our masks off, we riot, we do whatever we want to do. Yeah. Spreading it because we're the almighty, prideful, you know, zealot Americans. And, you know, there's a place that's in time for everything. But, you know, when the shit's falling apart, we all come together. Majority of the times, you know, yeah. this, this thing is just, it, it, it's a... It's a disease and more than the infection that it's causing. Yeah. You know, I've always said... I, I, I agree with that. You know, circumstances don't define the person. They just reveal the person. Yeah. And this shit that's going on is revealing a lot of people. 100%. A lot of, you know, what's, you know, it's... it's and it could be because, like, hey, they lost their access to a gym. Yeah. So they can't get rid of their demons from that. We're seeing what's really cooking in their head yeah. without getting that injury. Even the kids who lost access to the gym, you know, their education, everything faltered because you need that outlet. Yeah. You know, we do need an outlet. Yeah, you know, we are energy, and if we can't expend that energy, there's not a lot of us that could sit down like a monk and say, "Let's bring the energy in." It's just we're not set that way. I didn't, I didn't understand that honestly until recently. I didn't, I, you know, it's right when you think you know some things, you realize you know fucking nothing. But it's like I've been realizing so much lately that a lot of people don't have that ability. That I never understood, like guys saying, "I just need to blow off some steam." I'm like, I have so many things that I guess just naturally blow off steam. It's not necessarily just going to the gym for me. But I feel like riding a motorcycle or something like that right. just maybe does get that out. But I was like, blow off some steam. What the hell are you talking about? Like, where's the steam that you have? Like, I feel like I'm pretty riled up guy and, and for the most part, but I don't have, like, this extra steam. But a lot of people, like, they are very, like, as dudes even, we always think of, like, I, I hate to say this, but I don't necessarily mean it, but, like, as women uh, having, like, a lot of anxiety or something like that, but there's a lot of, like, really burly dudes that have anxiety too. Well, dude, they have anxiety and they don't know how to share their emotions. Yeah, like I know yeah, some guys that are one... just pure, like, 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 just big burly men. That you know, that like they were like, I have such anxiety right now. I'm like, anxiety, you. and that's yeah, because they don't know how to share. They can't talk to their partner about yeah. because they're the big burly men. Yeah, 
you know, the bigger, the stronger the man, usually the bigger the heart. Yeah. But a lot of those men don't know how to expose that heart. Yeah. Because then they're afraid they're going to lose their bigness. Yeah. But they don't realize by allowing that heart to be exposed, they've actually just gotten bigger. Yeah. Because people have more understanding of it instead of just being... And they, they do. I mean, those are the guys, unfortunately, who kill themselves. Those are the guys who go off the, you know, Telling you. just hit the pills and hit the bottle. You yeah. Know, because they, they, especially during COVID, like, you know, what you and I do for a living, listen, you're out construction working all day. You, you run those big-ass machines and stuff. That's letting off steam. I and mean, that's some pretty, that's some adrenaline-pumping shit. You got those big things. You're digging, you're excavating, you're moving that stuff. That's like a natural. Yes. What I do, I'm working out people all day. And then yeah. we're jumping on our motorcycles. So we kind of, like, have a natural escape. Yeah. And, I have a meditation practice that I stick to yeah. regularly because you know what? It saved my ass. Yeah. You know, and it's not, it's not sitting in a room and hmm, and hmm. It's meditation. Just going inside and just chilling, shutting out the outside world yeah. and seeing what's going on. Because this is nothing but an inside job. Yeah. You know, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer said it perfectly. You know, if you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? Orange juice. Right. Not cherry juice. Right. Not lemon juice. Yeah. So if you squeeze me, and if I'm full of anger, you're going to get angry. If you do something, but you know, I laugh at most shit that I laugh Why at the wrong ways. No, I'm just saying if that's what's inside me. If it's inside the person. Right. So because of the meditative practice, because of letting out the steam, you know, I don't have the road rage. I don't have that 30-year-old impulse. Yeah. You know, like it's like so me and my buddy riding motorcycles last night. Which we're delivering motorcycles from one spot to another. And these are badass worked-up Harleys. And he's flying. I go flying behind him. A guy turned in between us. Never seen it before. I mean, literally split us. Oh. And went down, you know, by the, and I kind of, my buddy said, was that, did that guy just do that? Because we parked the bikes right oh down the road. That's where his shop He's like, yeah. He goes, fuck, man. He goes, why didn't you bang a U-turn and go kick his ass? I'm like, dude. It. I said, first of all, he didn't hit me. And I said, yeah. I, got, I got one child at home. I got one on the way. I said, what, what, what am I going to do? What's I going to do? Yeah. You know, maybe he's got something else going on. Yeah. Maybe he had a sick baby in the car. Maybe he's rushing to go somewhere. Yeah. Maybe he just made a mistake. He was on his cell phone. But yeah. But that's because that's what's inside of me. Yeah. The other guy, a little different. <laughs> if that was him who got cut off, that guy's done. Yeah, he got his toes. The baby would have saw his dad get beat. I've seen it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can I can attest. I have not always acted perfectly. Like, you know, it's, it is a little bit triggering sometimes when somebody just like, you know. Well, it does. That's with their phone. inside us. 100%. That's it. If you're freaking out. About somebody's bad driving or somebody's like that. It's, there's something going inside. It's just oh, like I said. Absolutely. That moment's not defining you. It's revealing you. Yeah. It's showing you. Holy shit! Did I just really? I mean, I had somebody who wanted to kill somebody because they jaywalked. Yeah. They walked in front of a car and a passenger in my car is like, "Motherfuckers! What the fuck?" I'm like, "You're like, what, wait, what? Is what? Wrong with you? What? <laughs> I'm like, what? They look at what they're doing. These fucking. Guys. I'm like, but they walk in front of the car. <laughs> I so said, you got, I said, you got it. Like, it's so funny. You know? you, I, you can die of a heart attack. Oh, I, I don't understand how people operate, honestly, but with the, with the road rage. It's like people will ride with me and they're like, oh, what the hell? I'm like, dude, it's all good. I'm, We're not. The guy and you, pulled and you out. you never know what you have there either, man. Yeah. You know, you know, that guy could have a gun in his car. He's having a bad day. It's like, I know I'm driving crazy stupid. I've had people in accidents in the back of my car. And I banged in the other lane and flew down. You know, I've had cops chasing me. Damn. And they pull over. I'm like, look. And they see it. Follow us. You know, but anybody before that probably thought I was a raging fucking lunatic and asshole doing this. And you don't, you have no idea. Yeah. Are they rushing home because their house is on fire? Are they rushing, you know, maybe they are just an idiot. But yeah. Maybe they actually have a real life instance and give them the benefit of the doubt. Just, totally. Just move over. Yeah. What's the big deal if you just move over and go? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're yeah. not affected. Doesn't mean anything personal. Right. Yeah. But I if know. you have some shit inside you, there's your outlet. It's almost like you become 
the, this new being in a vehicle I was like thinking about this like well everyone like takes on this new life force it's like their first form of AI like they're like their first merge <laughs> with like robotics because it's like they're in this thing and it's like how indestructible is your vehicle some people have big trucks so they think they have the right away some people have certain emblems on their car so they, they think they have the right away it's always like oh this person in the BMW just cut me off it's like that sentence of it was a BMW if it was a Honda Civic you'd be like oh it's there'd be something else to say about that, right? <laughs> some some bullshit. Yeah. But ultimately, it's like, it is like this like weird merge of like us and this vehicle and this thing and people just like take on this whole new persona when they're holding a steering wheel. And it's so funny. Like if you go to the city and it's just like, it just operates in such a different way. But then when you come out here and people don't really drive so much, oh, you can tell. And so people have like this whole new heightened sense of being behind the wheel. And they're just, they're, you see some people, they're just, you can tell like they just, their first time driving in probably like seven years or they're driving a vehicle and it's like a big SUV. They're driving up on curbs. I'm just like, I just like go around everybody. I'm like, oh, hey, okay, yep, I, all right. Beep, beep, nice and easy. But people, are, I've seen people get out of the car yelling, ah. it's just, it's very comical actually. Yeah. Drive down Main Street, Sag Harbor. You're just walking down, drive it down Main Street and Sag Harbor. It's like people don't want to stop for the crosswalk. It's like, it shows everyone's heightened state of like actual self once they're behind the wheel almost always. Ugh. That's one guy actually I used to drive with. Uh, we used to go to the track to go ride Ducatis. He actually just passed away recently. But his road rage was, it was comical. It was like, dude, we're, we're all, we're going to the same place. Like, just chill out. Like, don't, right. you don't we have a and trailer you're going on. To have a fun weekend. Yeah, we're going to have a fun weekend. <laughs> we're all in the car. We're telling jokes. You know, like, we're all here. Don't get all, don't get so crazy. Oh, this guy, this guy, look at him. Look what he's, what's he doing? What, what, what's, what's he got going on? You're like, dude, just, just breathe. Just, just tell us another story. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck? But yeah, I don't know. That's, that is pretty funny that people are that way. But yeah, I think like, you know, riding out here, I don't know a lot of people like, other than you that really ride out here. My one other friend rides out here and, Everyone else, I'm very nervous for them riding out here, quite honestly. There's just a yeah, lot I mean, to pay attention got, to. You gotta ride defensively no matter where you're riding, but unfortunately, it's just very congested out here. Yeah. That's why I said, like, I like a 7 o'clock. Yeah. You have the Drake Bridge, you know, you can jump around town, you can go anywhere, bang over to the North Fork, you know, you can bang over to Connecticut on a ferry, just. But the, the, You've gotta come to this event with me this year, by the way. Which one? There's a great event, and it's like these guys, like, they wheelie the baggers, they wheelie, they drift, they're getting all crazy. Yeah. It's like an afternoon. You go to Connecticut. It's in New Haven, I think. Okay. I go to it every year, and it, it's just bananas session. Right. Thousands of people show up, and it's just totally chaos, biker crowd, really, really unbelievable. Then they have, like, Disneyland fireworks at the end. It's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, so I'll, I'll let you know when the dates are. I think it's in September. Right. But we should like we should make a trip out of it, just cruise over there, and it's it's pretty fun. I'll do it, definitely do it. I bet you my friends who I was talking about probably go, because that's the kind of rider he is. Yeah. Oh, he's a wheelie. His shit's all worked to the max. He's the wheelie dude. He's crazy. Oh, he wheelies what it. What he does with his baggers is insane. So he wheelies that thing? He does everything. Wheelies, donuts, drifts. I mean, he He's does, out here? Yeah. Oh, you got to introduce me. Oh, yeah, you'll love Jeff. He's talking about He has 30 cars and like, I don't know, 12 motorcycles. Well, I got to meet this guy. Yeah. And they're all worked to the max. Really? Everything's worked. That's awesome. <laughs> he, he puts more money in a motorcycle than most people put in their house. That's, uh, that's, that's my kind of guy. I like that. He takes it from the dealership that goes right to Rose's and just comes out like a totally beast. It's like, what? This is not even a Harley. That's awesome. So you're writing a book currently as well. It's already written. It's called Giving New Meaning. It's uh, basically 20, what is it? 
how many words in the alphabet? 26, yeah. It's A to Z, 26 words and ways to transform your life. So it's like what I said before. It's um, And we also did all clothing design with these words because, you know, we're nothing but energy. And the energy that reflects in the things we say, the things we think, really transposes. Like you said something before about the thoughts that come to us. Like if anybody who's listening to this podcast, they're going to listen to it over some electronic device. It's going to be recorded. If they break open that device, they're not going to see you or I. They're going to hear this voice. That's what we are. We're basically radio transmitters. We do get thoughts come from a different place. I think it's 170,000 thoughts a day come through our mind, but we focus on the same half a dozen. So I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not weak enough. I'm not fat enough. I'm not rich enough. We, we, we don't focus on the, the, the positive ones. And that's why we do meditation, right? Because meditation will slow those thoughts down and we get gaps in our brains. We get actually focus, but... I found in my life, I'm a serial entrepreneur, I've never had a boss, I've always out of the gate, you know, so 40 years now of the self-employment, I just act on my thoughts. Some are great, huge success, <laughs> yeah. some are dismal, yeah. but to me the definition of failure is not trying, Yeah. because I'm doing what other people will never dare to do, I've yeah. never gotten a paycheck from somebody, I'm always responsible, other than I'm sorry, that's a lie, I worked for like six months with my brother, I have to have a motorcycle accident to get back on my feet. <clears throat> But that really wasn't getting a paycheck. That was me just basically stealing from him because I didn't work that much. <laughs> <laughs> that was his charity. Take care of his little brother. I was like, you know, yeah, me. yeah. I, hey, I, thanks. I, I had an expense account at a restaurant. I used that, and then I wore his patience out. He couldn't wait till I left. That's amazing. Six months is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so giving new meaning. So basically, I just I take the words and I put the energy behind the words, which those came to me. So we picked the twenty six words. And they said, you got to put 26 acronyms to these words. I'm like, well, you got to give me a couple of days. A couple of days you've been creating all these acronyms. Three and a half minutes it took. I thought it would take a couple of days. But when I sat down and looked at the paper, they just flowed out of me. And this is a barely a high school education. So like and when you did the human. Under, you yeah, yeah, humbly understand, man, arrive now. It just came to me. And they and do a true, lot. And you did true as well? Yeah, to really understand enlightenment. To really understand the heart. Oh, these are actually pretty really good. To really understand souls. These touch. are yours? These are all mine. These soul are pretty damn is, good. Soul is to share our unique love. Um, life is to love. What was life? Love instinctively and forever evolve. Love is to let our vulnerabilities evolve. See, that's what we don't do, right? We meet a girl. Girl meets a guy. We like each other. But we don't tell them what our vulnerabilities are until we're invested in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Sexually and financially. But now you tell them your vulnerabilities and they don't respect them. Yeah. But now you don't want to go because you're financially entrapped or you're sexually comfortable. So now you're staying in something a little longer than maybe you should. There's a lot of relationships out there. But how about on the first date? You say, listen, these are my vulnerabilities. Yeah. You know, I don't like this. I don't like this. This is what makes me feel weak. This is what makes me feel it. And then if that person respects them, you know you have a relationship with somebody who respects your vulnerabilities. If they don't, they're just showing you they're not the person for you. Yeah. But instead, we, we kind of camouflage that. We get into this romantic, idyllic situation. They're hot, you're hot, let's have fun, let's have sex, let's, you know, let's move in together, let's do this. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you start exposing your vulnerabilities slowly because you didn't want to scare them off in the beginning. Totally. And now you're in a, in a settling relationship because yeah. you don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. You've just lost time. Well, you really didn't lose time because time in my book is things I must experience. You just really just experience what you at that time were afraid to just expose. Right. 
So that's love is in the book. So what I do is I take these words, give them the energetic meaning, then I write about, you know, you know, two or three pages of how I applied them to my life. So they could see an association, you know, with this big burly guy who could get rid of anxiety because he basically expressed exactly how he feels when he feels it. Wear it on your sleeve. Yeah. Nothing helps you bottling shit up. It turns into cancer. Yeah. And holding resentment is like you're drinking poison hoping the other person dies. Yeah. Because they're just going about their life having a good time. They're like, motherfucker, motherfucker. You know, like, <laughs> they're, out, they're out water skiing, hanging out with their motorcycle. <laughs> totally, and, yeah. and you're just stewing at home. You yeah. Know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't have... I think, you know, when you start looking at life, so I was fortunate enough to have the experience I did at 25, but I still didn't realize the... Um, the temporary nature of what we have here. Right. And to waste any of it on other things that don't serve your higher purpose is completely and utterly a waste of time. To waste yeah. it on worrying, yeah. solves nothing. Yeah. To waste it on stress, fixes nothing. Yeah. We all do it because we've been ingrained that we need to do it. Yeah. You know? Whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. You're responsible on how you react to it. Yeah. We're gonna get thrown shit every day. You could be waking up perfect day, best. I've had people wake up, most money in the world, life's good, family's good, and a tragedy just strikes that day that right. nobody's planned for. But it's the amazing thing. We don't plan for it. We all know they're there. Yeah. You don't have to plan for the tragedy. You just need to plan for not letting it knocking you off center. Your reaction. Right, because if you do meditate, if you do stay within, you know, life and death, they're together for a reason. The first thing that happens when you're born is you're guaranteed to die. Mm. You're not guaranteed to be a survivor. You're not guaranteed to be a billion millionaire. You're not guaranteed to fall in love. You're guaranteed death. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Life is it's basically an STD. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> you know, Make the best of it. <laughs> you're dying. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, so what's your meditation practice like? Like, what's like, do you have like a morning routine, for example? Or what? Right, my morning routine is I like to get up before anybody else. 5, 5.30, and just give myself like a half hour. It could be coffee on the deck. It was going to the sunrise before I had my little daughter. I'd leave the house all the time and go to the ocean by myself and take pictures and just sit with the sun. Nobody else does. You don't see anybody ever. Yeah. handful of people. You know, two two hours from then, you know, 8 o'clock, the people are going to be back. Yeah. I like to get up before the world wakes up. Yeah. I don't touch my cell phone when I wake up. You have five minutes to yourself, just breathing. Go to the bathroom, throw some water in your face. Breathing, some stretching, I call it the first, first the three, five minutes. Breathing, stretching, and some kind of resistance, crunches, push-ups. I want to wake up the body before the mind wakes up. Yeah. Because we pick up that cell phone, and this is what a lot of hugely successful people do. They leave the cell phone alone because you're just going to pick up where you left off the night before. Yeah. It could be a disgruntled text from a client or an email from a, just something that's just going to start your fire in the wrong direction. Yeah. And that's a choice. So my choice is to start happy, you know? Nobody else's responsibility to make me happy. Right, yeah. They could make it better or worse, but I need to start out with the barometer. Yeah, and totally. that's me. So if I wake up right away and I see the, you know, the deal didn't come through or it, whatever, just something that's going to piss you off. A friend said something wrong. It's like, you know, instead of just giving yourself, it's like you just woke up from eight hours of slumber or six. You know, I get like five and a half hours sleep with a baby. And it's like I like to wake up and just... I quietly go down the stairs and who wakes up I make my own coffee I sneak out the door you know yeah. the dog will come out with me maybe not and then just you know just chill yeah you know but then you meditate throughout the course of the day meditation doesn't mean 
you know, you need to go to a room, you need to have your altar set. I mean, that's all cool, you know, but meditation is just the quiet alone time that you can give yourself. Now you could do it five minutes every hour. You could do 10 minutes. I always am constantly taking a break between clients. So yeah. That's the one beautiful thing. The quality of life with this, the mobile business, the truck business. When I had my gyms, you know, I've, I've been in the fitness business 30 years out here, so I'm just successful by half a sense. You just, and you're in it so long. Yeah. So you'll have 12, 14 hours in a building. People are there all the time. Activities are all the time. It's fucking boring. And those are my buildings that I designed and I created the gym. They were nice yeah. spaces. Yeah. With the truck, I'm at the beach, and then I'm at somebody's estate, and then I'm at a park, and then I'm over here. I'm over there. Every 45 minutes, I get a 15, 20-minute reprieve going to the gym. Yeah. And that could, you could meditate when you're driving. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I find that too. I find I find it very meditative to actually just drive sometimes. I mean, because it's you you can you just kind of just zone out a little bit. I mean, not necessarily zone out like the car is autonomous, but uh, I well, find yeah, I'm that sure you've driven and you've gone a couple of miles and you don't remember any of the roads. Yeah, that has happened. That's pretty connected to the universe, right there. Yeah, that's when you're connected one with spirit because that's just like you're just in bliss. It's yeah, like you're just you're going to record everything. It's like. Fuck, how did I get all this watermeln already? It's yeah, like, shit. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know like, I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, and we've done that also texting. You don't want to do it that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not the way. But I mean, even like, like I must say, like even just being in excavators, if I'm just like sitting there scooping dirt, I'm like, oh, I just moved 500 yards or like whatever. Right. You know, I just did this whole thing or we cleared this well, whole thing or whatever it is. It is very, like there's... Just, there's that's when you're in the moment. Yeah, I feel like... I have a lot of that. I feel like I'm a little heady in some regards because I'm constantly just thinking and analyzing, reflecting, like almost almost all the time. And then you add something else to the mix. You know, you maybe do like a little mushroom trip or something, and it really it magnifies it tremendously. Yeah. Now think about the evolution of the human body. The first organ was your heart. Here, this life. Here, everything, and there lies your truth. The final organ, and the only organ you could live without is your brain so why, it came last so why do we all give it so much credit for being it's a machine it's our computer it's to make appointments it's to analyze and remember it that's it but we we we, we kind of cut the heart off and go with our head and our ego right but you can live brain dead there's people all over drug overdoses yeah dementia true. and the hospital's just grueling interesting yeah your heart dies your spleen dies your kidney dies your skin dies your lungs die all the other major organs go, you're done. Yeah. But this one, the one that we put so much credibility in to get us through the day, but realize all is negative. Because how often does the brain look at something without spinning the negativity out of it? Mm, you know, true. The heart, you know immediately when you see something, you get an energetic feel, good or bad for you. Yeah. A lot of times we let our brain override it. Well, it's giving me bad ideas now. He seems to be a nice guy. Yeah. She's a nice girl. I'm going to get in here. Yeah. And it's a broken heart. The financial loss is something. And then what do we say always? I fucking knew it. I fucking knew it. I knew it. Yeah. But we let the brain override it instead of shutting it off here. So what do you think the tactic is? Listen to the first instinct always. As hard as it is. Gut. Gut is so power. Greatly understand truth. It tells you right there. Uh, Bam. These are actually pretty great. That just came to me now. (laughs) <laughs> I, I swear to God, that one's not in my book. Really? So, yeah, so they come, it's, it's almost... What do you mean? You're it's just almost, channeling it, these things? It, it's, it's almost, it's it's kind of weird. And some of my friends hate it. They're like, enough. Like, <laughs> the like shit a- comes out of here. It's like, <laughs> because I'll just say, they'll say something, I'll put it like the energetic way, and it actually 
it means exactly what it is. That one's pretty aligning. I mean, because it's like the friend that does puns all the time. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it, this is something that happened to me after my experience. Really? To where I could just, you know, I do it with people's names. When people tell me the names, I just do it with other words. And it's just, it's just the reality. You know, before we were taught how to speak, you know, we were a loving society. Now we become a capitalist society. We put money ahead of people. You know, energetically loving beings always survive longer. Don't you think we're more loving now than ever before, though? Oh, I believe there's a revolution and a change coming coming through, but I still think there's we're way lopsided in the universe yeah. on, on, you know, what does... Try to teach somebody who's really stupidly wealthy something new and what to believe. Yeah. And if you're not of the caliber of wealth, the first thing that will come out of them is like, well, why am I going to listen to you? Yeah. Look what, look what I got. Look, yeah. look where you are. <laughs> yeah. Because totally. they, they use that yeah. barometer. Like, yeah. You know how many of those wealthy people, and there were dear clients, my dear friends, who, you know, all of a sudden you wake up and there's an intra- insider trading scam and they're caught and now they're going to jail because, you know, all the, you know, look at Bernie Madoff, he's a perfect example. Right. <clears throat> Tons of respect all the way until he got caught. Yeah. You know, and he crushed so many people. So. Is he still in jail? He's dead. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he died. Um, I don't know how long ago, but he did die. He's, uh, yeah, he died. Holy shit. Yeah, so, yeah, he tried to get out of jail, so he died peacefully. No. Like, nah. Yes, staying in. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but yeah, it's like, so the book, just it kind of just, it's a suggestive workbook. So at the end of each chapter... How would you apply this word in your life now that you understand the energetic meaning, like allow and love and life and, you know, um, human? It's how, what would you do? Even just be. Yeah. Be is just to become enlightened. Oh, yeah, it's in a word. Become enlightened, inspiring the growth. It's right there. We're being, you know? How would you then? So then, so it's kind of like a workbook. It's kind of like you read it, you get into it. And so I designed a bunch of clothes that go with it with all my sayings and stuff. That website's up already. So right before. Oh, this exists? Yeah. What's this called? Giving New Meaning. Giving New Meaning. That's the site. Yeah. Giving New Meaning dot com. I actually tried to find one of the shirts with the the wash. The one that says soul I wear all the time. Oh, maybe I've seen it. Um, And that says share our unique love. But it's, um, so the book's done, written, and then I had a literary agent wanted to sit down with me, and then the COVID stuff hit, and then the truck started getting busy. So that's kind of like, it's not on the back shelf, it's just sitting there. Until yeah. I could stop with the whole franchising and that's just running itself because yeah. you just can't, you know, I know, time is limited. Yeah. You know, and you just really want to put it where you can attention. But I, I live the book every day. I speak what's in it to people every day. So I'm doing my part in that. The publication part of it, that'll be just, you know, part of the year down the road. That's so awesome that you're, that you're doing that. But that's, I had, that is so unassuming about you. And it's, it's pretty fascinating you mean mean the whole all brawn no brains outlook (laughs) (laughs) but the funny thing is the book didn't come from my brain yeah right at all if you so if i had to rely on my brain for those three and a half minutes of those 26 acronyms i'd still be thinking about them so where do you think they came from where else same place life came from the unknown Mm. and all we gotta do is trust in the unknown yeah where did our life come from you know eleanor roosevelt said it perfectly when i asked her about reincarnation her answer was, I have no idea how I got here the first time, so how am I supposed to say where I'm going next? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, so weird. And you think about it. <clears throat> We're invisible to the human eye. This body plasma, whatever, gets together and starts generating this. Almost like a digital But all creation. of what you're looking at 
this 57 years, all that physicality was in that little kid into the human eye. Well, who say all my intelligence wasn't too? All yeah. my knowledge. But then my knowledge gets massed when I come here because then everybody who thinks they know better, they're going to teach me. Right. They're going to define stuff. They're going to confine stuff. They're going to label things. You know, they're going to label what's right, what's wrong, what's up, what's down. They're going to, you know, misrepresent until I was lucky. It was by the time I was 30, I started shedding everybody else's comments and started believing in what I came here for. Yeah. You know, other people stick with that forever. Yeah, it's crazy. But it was, so if the physicality's here, why wouldn't our knowledge be too? Mm-hmm. Do you really think the universe would have delivered an empty shell? Yeah, it seems like there are like there are things that you just know. It's like even I was watching this documentary recently about these. It's called the Short Game on Netflix. It's about these like little kids that are golfers, they're like seven and eight years old. But they're like they're so advanced. I don't remember having a passion when I was seven or eight years old. You know, a lot of these like great people sometimes are that we associate as great. They they knew what they were gonna do from the time they were so little, and that like that is so strange to me. Just like kind of like look at these these kids that had like. Oh, the one kid, he says, uh, he goes, I'm going to have a big resort one day. and I'm going to have an Italian restaurant where I have all sorts of great Italian food and there's going to be marble everywhere. It's like he's already visioning and creating this and world in his head as a seven or eight year old. What? And I, when I was a seven or eight year old, I was just like, you know, oh, a motorcycle would be cool. I didn't really have that until I was maybe like 10 or 11. And I was like, all I want to do is ride motorcycles and be a professional motorcycle racer. I don't care what it takes. I'll die doing it. That's all. That was my whole. That was as far as the intellect. Not having a resort with marble. This kid's so advanced. Yeah, but that's that's actually a good thing, right? So you have that, and then you have your example, and then you have others. It's like when our gifts come, whether yeah. they come with us from inception or they get dropped off at us after we've experienced something to get to them. Yeah, it's whether or not we're willing to open the package. And a lot of people don't look at their gifts. A lot of people stay in the nine to five or living in this great idea. You know, the most expensive real estate in the world is a graveyard so many people die with their ideas yeah you know it's it's it's, it's amazing that they're just they've been in bread not to like I, I guarantee if you go to those six and seven year old kids they have parents of openness parents of following your dreams go with it they're not getting blinded they're not getting grilled they're not being taught how to hate this thing they're being taught to have passion about their passion yeah they're being they're, they're allowed freedom but there's a lot of that that doesn't go on there's a lot of like you know you know my kids came through me yeah they ain't mine they got their own shit to do. They got their own mistakes to make. They got their own success to make. You want to steer them away from traffic. You don't want to make sure they fall off a building and there's certain things, but other, everything else. And it's hard because my kids will come to me for advice and want to tell them right away what you would do. But it's like, mm. well, let me just, this was my experience when I did something like this. You need to really figure this out for yourself now. Yeah. You know, because then that's where they learn. They don't learn by us picking up the pieces and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, because there's a lot of great people that you talk about. Like you said, Ted Turner's one of them. I mean, he was semi-successful but he basically did the alcoholic thing lost everything then he created CNN against everybody else to tell him he's fucking crazy yeah and look what he did there's a lot of those guys out there too they'll you know Kentucky Fried Chicken he was something 57 years old that's crazy what? most the people I know who are most successful that I know just in this local community and there's we have some of the most successful people with first richest zip code in the country is Agaponic yeah they didn't hit it out of the box until they're in their 50s they I'm said thinking it about was, that a lot. It was a grind, they said, and they stayed in the grind. Yeah. You know how many people fold in the grind and just mm-hmm. get the job, get the thing, but yeah. they stayed, they stayed, they stayed, and then it's like, because then after you hit it, you get to a certain level, then it just continues to hit, but you, those school of hard knocks, you learn so much. Yeah. And you stayed in and got your teeth kicked in day, and it's not, you know, like Nelson Mandela said, don't judge me by my successes, 
judge me how I stand after being knocked down. This is a man who was the leader of his country, got thrown in prison, came out, and became the leader again. Crazy. And he didn't come out angry. He didn't come out bitter. He didn't spend bitter time in the prison. Yeah. He, people had to do what he had to do. He so understood that everybody's got to do what they got to do, and I'm just going to do my part, and then I'm going to come back. And, you know, it's so, not. How many people would do that? You know, when you put me in jail for the wrong reason, I come back out. I don't want to be angry and bitter. And he came back out. He was, you know, he was resistant. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a lot of. I don't. I've been thinking about that a lot, actually, because I was just seeing a lot of people kind of hitting their stride now like i see a lot of people kind of like hitting it like in their 40s and their 50s and kind of like you know getting like this like kind of like this getting a toe getting like getting yeah, like a it's getting like the take off yeah it's and so it's i i see a lot of that and you know even in my own endeavors and like what i have going on it's i have a lot of different ideas of what i want to do and 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 you know ultimately what what does my time on earth really look like like if, what am i really doing you know, like if is everything that I'm doing, what I really want to be doing, like actually, first of all, acknowledging the fact that I even have the moment to even have that thought. So many people don't even get to have that thought. There's like, I have to get water from the creek today and that's what I have to do. And I got to carry it. There's some of the happiest people in the world. Probably so. They just, my son travels the world to Harley, the, my oldest one, did a lot of that philanthropy, you know, bringing water into villages and irrigation into villages and building schools. Is that I go to third world countries. These people don't have cell phones. They have no technology. They have no lights handle sweep dirt floors mm-hmm. they're the happiest people I've ever seen yeah happy 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 crazy village just takes care of each other they don't have the boats the planes the airs, everything and just ecstatically they live they get up three four in the morning to go get the fresh food to get to go to either walk you know miles to the river to get fish if they're gonna have seafood that day yeah. the mom's up making bread for the day they're making everything from scratch they don't have any of the necessities that we have and this has always been the happiest place we've ever been that's gonna be like uh when you go to Colorado, yeah, you're gonna be loving life. It's, yeah, it's just wide open. It's simpler. You know, this is it's time. You think you're gonna be? You think you'd be settled with that? Just being there full time? Oh no, I'm not gonna be anywhere full time anymore. I'm, that's no, that's what I'm place. saying. Yeah, no, I did the full time thing for the last forty years. Now it's time to share the passion of my fitness because it improves people, the quality of people's life, pass the passion of the book, and just just continue to help people. That's a primary purpose, right? Is to help other people. Yeah. And if you can't help them, don't hurt them. You know, and if you get rich along the way, great. But if you don't, you just take care of your bills. Rich is a state of mind. Right, yeah. You know? <clears throat> and um, I feel that so, that resonates so hard, actually, because I know so many people are just so wealthy in their mind. They have so much to offer. Like, it's just in their spirit, their being. Yeah. And even with money, they'd be the same person. Without the money, they're the same person. Um, yeah, man, I think. And then I know the opposite, too, right? I know people have more money than anybody could wish for, and they're so unhappy miserable fuck sometimes so and like bitter and angry and they're using money for all the wrong reasons yeah like the money is not the root of all evil it's the person behind the wheels of it totally I mean, people always say yeah you said something before about do you believe the readings and you know the way they're written or, or more in gesture they're all just it's like gesture right you take it none of the written word the bible's been changed i don't know a hundred different times right yeah depending on what world leader who was there it's like so you can't believe the written word but you could get behind the philosophy or not. That's what I mean, yeah. You know, philosophically, you know, the root of money, money can't be the money. Money's nothing but currency. Right. Currency is energy. Shared energy is better than locked energy. If you share your light, your the energy, you're going to light your room. Mm-hmm. If you share our energy, some people, every they get their money, they just, they hoard it and it just makes them 
miserable. The people I know who are real happy with money, they disperse it amongst the people. They keep totally. it not for themselves, but they share it so generously. Yeah. And then, and the amazing thing is, the more they share, the more it comes out. The yeah. more they share, the more they say. I, it, it's that's just a like real it's a thing. Yeah. It, it is a real thing. Yeah. So as so as a man that's you know gone through life and being in a, in a place for a while, I mean I'm having these thoughts right of just I I love being here. I love having my business here. I love having art here and, and, and immersing in the community. But do you wish when you were like, let's say my age, that you were more nomadic? Um, or, or do you think there's more fruit in, in the stay? No, you know what? I, I, I look at that. I don't analyze it too much because, you know, my life unfolded for me. So I was 25, had the near-death experience. 27, I'm still recovering financially from that, right? 28, I decide I'm going to open a gym. 28 and a half, I met my first wife and had my first child. Damn. <laughs> it's like so, and I was sworn to be single. I'm opening a business. I'm going to focus on everything I'm doing. Yeah. I met Gina. You know, we fell in love. We had a baby. Yeah. 25 years later, we had two. And now I'm, now I'm going to be the nomad. Now we're divorced. Everything's good. You know, as good can be from a divorce, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, it was. Yeah. And I'm just dating and having a good time. And then I meet Olga. And then a year and a half later, she's pregnant. You know, people on the show are probably like, you know, get the dick cut, you know, wear, wear a condom, <laughs> there's ways around this, you know. Yeah. It's like, even my own sons are like, Dad, are you going to snip it or what? You know, yeah. now with the second one coming, I said, if I snipped it, you wouldn't have been here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it, so I don't, would my life have been different if I was a nomad? Yeah, but I still have plenty of time to do that. But you could, I mean, but you could I still. I am, I'm still going to, that's what I'm going to do now. Yeah. You know, I learned what I needed to learn, but now I'm going to do it with a purpose. You know? Right. Like, so, like, the one thing I loved about all my entrepreneurial skills and all the businesses I've owned was opening them, you know, under the deadline, getting the building built, getting the stuff done. But then after opening the nine to five, I was like, this sucks. Yeah, like, this <laughs> sucks. So, this, I got to kind of show up every day. With the franchise opportunity that I created, it's different because everybody opens one. I get to go to their hometown. I get to, to their place, teach them what to do. Yeah. Show them. And now I'm on the phone talking to them. So it's like you're, you're a coach. You're a supporter. I'm benefiting. They're benefiting. It's like a win-win for everybody. And the same thing with the book. You write the book. The book takes off. Now you're talking about it. Then you write another one. Yeah. I already have three other titles that are already penned. You know, covers are done. And because, I mean, I just believe these things come to me for a reason. And I'm not afraid to act on them. Yeah. A lot of people are just afraid to act on their thoughts. Yeah, you know they're afraid to be judged. I don't yeah, care what anybody you know. Yeah, say it. They're saying it right now. Yeah, anybody totally. knows oh, this is right. Love it. Yeah. And so somebody today is like somebody had so many negative things about it. I don't say. I said that's too bad. Totally. I said that, that they even have that. I said I think they're nice people. If they if they have that against me, that's cool. Yeah. But where is that coming from? Yeah. What do they need? What jealousy, insecurity, fear? What do they have? Yeah. Because even people who have wronged me, I don't care about. Right. It just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of fruit in that to hear you say that. I mean, because I think a lot of people, they like to be right about certain things sometimes. They like to be mad about something. I know a lot of people that the same thing to me. Like, I, I've often said, even when I was younger, it was probably more of a mechanism, but I, it resonates more now. It's that when I find that people are talking any sort of certain way about me, I'm like, that's how I know I'm doing some things right. When I'm like, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm making, when I'm provoking a feeling. And it's not necessarily just even doing a, a piece of art, even though that's evoked some very strange feelings amongst people that I never thought that. I'm like, wow, you're mad that I'm doing this? What <laughs> the hell? All right. Uh, I'm, that sucks that you feel that way. I wish you, I had thought that you would be a fan. Like, this is like a friend of mine that was actually like, dude, like, come on, like, cut the shit. Like, oh, they know. don't want to see you. And I, he's like, come on, you're not an artist. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
I'm like, well, what? Well, you're gonna get that from friends and family. Yeah, yeah right. You know, it just is what it is because they're not getting out of their own way, so they want to be judgmental of other people who are doing it. But right. Just, just remember, when anybody judges anybody, just just understand doing great evil, and that's judge. You know, I don't want to judge anybody for anything they do. Yeah. And if I hate anybody, I'll have all terrible experiences. Mm-hmm. But if I give that person hope, I'll have only positive experiences. So I'm always giving out hope. <laughs> I love these, honestly. You know, just, <laughs> just take it, you know, but, so when people hear this, listen, I have a sordid past. You know, I was in the bar and nightclub business. You know, I was a dr- big drinker, fighter, womanizer, you name it. I own it. That's what I was. Yeah. Key word there is was. And everybody who's listening to this podcast or everybody who's existed has a past. But if to live in the past, you're going to put aside sanity today because it no longer exists. The past only helps you create what you are today. Now, I had a choice. I could still be that guy. I could still be roughhousing, still be coking it up, still be womanizing, still be. Yeah. But that time was served a purpose for me because now when people come to me who do that, but are looking to get out of that lifestyle, I got the path. Yeah, you got you got the book. But I also don't have any judgment to what they were. Right, yeah. I gotta get it. Yeah. Where all their other friends and family members and everybody hate like, that. Oh, they have resentments. Guy. It's like it's like Yeah. For what? You listen. just a guy. Man, there's some rough and tumble guys out there, the most philanthropic, loving, caring individuals. But if you looked at their past records and mm-hmm. their criminal records and their jail time and all the shit that they went through Nobody would give them a minute a day, but they see they give them the disguise because if they have money, then it's all forgiven. Yeah. And if you're sitting on the rooftop and you're full of money, well, I, don't, I don't care if you were this. It's like, it should be anywhere. Right, yeah. You know, the, the commodity is, is love, right? The commodity is the condition on how you could share that with other people openly and not judge them for anything that they've ever done. Yeah. Which is a hard thing. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's becoming more prominent in, in our day, though. I think people are starting to become more aware. I think, they, I think maybe that's what COVID did, too. The isolation, but people coming coming around, and all of a sudden, everybody with that security, you know, lifetime jobs gone. Yeah. Lifetime businesses closed. Yeah. You know, I've had businesses fail. No government never gave me a PPE. Yeah. I was never calling. Hey, listen, I'm going through some rough times. A bad company. You're done. Yeah. You're lost. You right. Know, all of a sudden, now collectively, they just hand out trillions of dollars to people who are never going to survive this anyway. Right. Totally. You know, but they get it. You know, and people, you know, but they they got to see a side that they haven't seen. So maybe there's more compassion when other people get to go through an experience that they never thought they would go through. Yeah. They I think thought that, you know that there is no sound ground. Well, that's for sure, isn't it? No, it's, it happens to the best and it happens to the worst. You know, some and and. and it's like you said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, during these times you have to be creative. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for creativity. It's a part of evolution, and right now the whole world is changing. It's, it really feels that way. I mean, there's definitely, a, a, I've, I've had people just call me just, you know, to just talk about how bad it is in the world and how crazy it is. And, uh, you know, even a friend, a mutual friend of ours is like, you know, talking about how his friend uh, and his girlfriend were having a baby and, I can't imagine bringing a kid into this world. This Are they talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't about you. <clears throat> um, he's like, I can't imagine, you know, bringing a kid into this world. That's like, that's why I got snipped. Like, this is so crazy. Like, why would you, why would you do this? And I'm just like, dude, like, I, I don't agree with that. Like, I think you this is the be best. Here if this somebody is the, had that thought, right? Well, this is the best time the world has ever been, actually. Like, oh yeah, what's going on right now? Well, I mean, even as bad as it, bad as it, as it is, like we're still able to hear, sit here and have a podcast and talk about love and talk about, 
being vulnerable and changing humankind and continue the evolution of of life right it's like you know we 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 it's never been more clear as to uh like actually visualizing like our existence like we like i look at my father for example and i think i can finally admit that and and it's okay to say that like i do certain things better like i've i've become a a a 2.0 of him in some regard i've been able to learn from his mistakes and take a different path because of it and i see like other men that i know that have kids that are younger and i'm like you look at your son what a awesome young person that like he's he's identified your things and he's kind of evolved and now he's become more successful quicker like you know what i mean like just because you've the other person's kind of bulldozed a path let's say right right but that's like it's it's a form of evolution that we can like physically see it's tangible we can see that um and so it's like yeah we are this is the best time this world has ever that we've known as fucked up as it is and don't get it twisted i don't think that everything's all peaches and cream but we're safe for the most part not here not in north korea not in like every aspect of the earth but there are large portions of this earth that where there's a lot of 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 safety actually and and people that are protecting people like i said not north korea have you listened to this podcast by the way with uh joe rogan and this uh girl that escaped north korea no you got to listen to it yeah it's pretty heavy it puts like your existence right back in place you're like ah shit we're so free and lucky actually well if he is right there's almost eight billion people now in the world and i think there's like four million at war jesus Right now, maybe it's four or fourteen million. It's such a small percentage of the amount of people in the world, but the people who are not at war at peace don't want to go against the ones who are bullies. Right, they're running everything. Yeah, you know, instead of us all, like, if all of a sudden seven point say five billion, so say it's five hundred million or what, turned around and said this shit's stopping now. Yeah, not politics, the people itself. Yeah, band together. Right. Yeah, but you know, they 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 want to divide and keep the division because that keeps the power. Yeah. It's that simple. Oh, it's working. Oh, they do it. They they still do it. They do it with racism. They do it with sexism. They do it with you know national everything. Everything. Don't show nationality. You know, China hate. You know, black hate, white hate, this hate, that hate. It's like have all terrible experiences right in the fucking world. That's crazy. (laughs) Totally though. You know. Yeah, dude. I'm so excited for this book to come out though. When do you think it will? The book probably I would say second quarter next year because the franchise is pretty much getting a life of its own to where now I have a development company running it and, and, and things are moving, you know, at a level to where I could step back and let operations kind of like handle it. When, so do, wh- like, what? Is, so if somebody wants a workout truck or a a workout rack, right? They well, no, they order they, a rack they now. Do the friend, like, you, we don't sell parts to the truck. But, okay, so to, if someone wants to get involved in being an owner in the franchise, right? what do they do? So the first thing they would do is just go to awatfitfranchise.com. It's a description about what it is, and then there's an application that they fill out, and then they get contacted by a development company, and then they just go down that path. They ask all questions. I mean, it's a very detailed business when you're going into a franchise business. It's SEC regulated, you know, so everybody's involved. We're registered in all the different states. There's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. You know, in order, and then they need to be approved that they're going to be a valued franchise. They're going to improve the brand. They need to approve us, the state that they're in. We have to be registered in. You know, in the process it takes probably to fast track it. They could get done in two months. If as soon as they decide to buy it, which is really cool about my business, thirty days later they're in it. You know, how many franchises you have to buy for them. It's going to take you a year to build the building, to find the property, to get the lease, to build it out. <clears throat> That's the hard part. 
my business circumvents all of that because I don't have landlords. We don't have a building. We just have a truck. Right. 30 days later, you're rolling down. You have success. We train you. You know, you, you have the POS system. We, we give them everything it takes to run a business. So just because I, 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 I'm already thinking of people that will be listening to this, that I think this is an opportunity for them. If the person, like cause, uh, generally when you start a business, you have to outlay a lot of money, right? No. So is this something when you st- when you get into a franchise, is this something that you can get into, you sign the paperwork and you're doing like a monthly payment? No. So okay. you have give royalty and stuff, but the, our outlay is not. Our outlay is under $100,000 right. cash needs to, and then you finance a truck. Okay. So it's 35 and 55. 55 franchise fee, 35 equipment fee. So that's 90000 And you're rolling down the road. Yeah. In 30 days, you start making money. That's you know? insane. And I tell people all the time, so this is something, it wasn't in my book, but I'm going to write a book about this and business success. <clears throat> it's called the Itty Bitty Details. Okay? And the word itty is at the end of each one of these words. Your truck has, not your truck, your, your business has to have a likability. It has to have a, a simplicity. It has to have a versatility. It has to have scalability. And then the fifth one, it has to have, I'm sorry, the fifth would be longevity. And then the sixth one, the final one is profitability. My business hits all six of those. You'd be good if you get a business that hits three or four of those. Totally. Nobody's going to get into something if they don't like it. Right. But a lot of businesses aren't scalable unless you have a shit ton of money. Yeah. To own multiple trucks, the price goes down every time you get into a different franchise. Mm-hmm. So like to buy one franchise is 55000 To buy three, it's like 95000 We knock the price down. You get three fewer, three units. Not three trucks. Oh, you could be. You get three. You could have three locations set up for 95000 So the more you want to scale it, the more we help it be profitable. So that's crazy though, because you could you could just roll right into doing it. Right, it's it's very no pun intended, but yeah, you're just rolling down the road. So is this, what states is this approved in? We're in New York and Florida right now, and we have one opening in Texas. Oh, awesome! I mean, it's pretty much it's it's this is not a concept that needs to be really proven state by state, but they're going to be states that are bigger, you know, that are more outdoor fitness enthusiastic. Like that's why I want Colorado. That's going to be huge. What about California? Huge. It's going to be huge yeah. in California. Yeah. They're just totally locked up. Yes. To California. And now with the second wave of COVID coming, it's it's going to, it's another. So when I did it and then when I decided to franchise it, you know, the naysayers, oh, this is just a trend because the gyms are closed. You're taking advantage of that. I said, no, we're offering something before the gyms closed for a year and a half. And this has now become a solution because even, so I'm selling two in Philly right now, two gyms, the sporting club and the, um, the other club, the Fitler Club, the two like very high end clubs in Philly. They wanted to service their customers because they lost so many customers being shut down. So now they use it for membership retention. Hey, come to this park, we'll have a class. Come here, we'll have a class. We go to Jersey wow. Shore, we'll service you because now it's a way for them to attract business. Now we share the truck. Now it says um, Fitler Club powered by AWOT Fit. Awesome. And we also do. So it's like a collab. Yeah. It's for them. It's, it's a way for them to be with their customers, have an access to do it and do the classes and stuff without worrying about, you know, all these gyms were trying to figure out how to do outdoor fitness. Yeah. You know, that's the big scramble. Biggest thing is they still have their landlord rent. So you yeah. don't have any of that. Oh, a truck's running at 78% margin. So you're going to make $300,000 you're netting 220 grand, 240. That's epic. Yeah. That's amazing. That's real money. That's real. So when you're making $1,000 a day, people are, oh, it's only $1,000 a day. But if you make $1,000 a day and you put $950 in your pocket, that's a day. Yeah. Times that by 365 now you're at $300,000, one truck. And you got no crazy overhead. Nothing. And you have a quality of no life. No excavators, no hydraulic lines. 
The guy and the guy, yeah, no, <laughs> no liabilities, no, no huge equipment, no huge you expense. Need, you don't right? even need an employee at that point. You can just go run it yourself. You could either do it yourself or two of my franchises, one that's going in Jersey and one that's going to West Palm. They both have jobs. So the one in West Palm was a franchisee in Port Chef, but he got a regular job as a civil engineer in Florida. He's getting like over a hundred grand a year. He said, Decker, can I move my truck to Florida? I'll just hire a trainer. So he'll make another couple hundred thousand with the, with the trainer running his truck. Epic. The guy in Jersey... This guy's 32 years old. He's already owned three IHOPs. He netted $8 million and grossed $8 million in his IHOPs. He netted 240 grand, only a 3% return. So the amount of work and effort he had to do. So now he went oh, working for... IHOP's dead. It's just you're working for the man. You're not working for your own self. It's God, the staff and crazy. waste and all that stuff. It's about a high gross and you make, you know, eight million to gross eight million dollars is huge, but to net two forty sucks because that's it's to a him it's a living, but it's a lot of work, a lot of stress, a lot of everything. Jesus. A lot of bad food. So he's for now he's now doing onboarding for Bolo, which is like a to go ordering system. You know, kinda like um the like, like Uber Eats or, or something. So he's he's doing that, but he's also getting a franchise putting it in Florida, he's going to put his in uh, Boca and have a trainer run his truck because he'll make another couple hundred thousand dollars on the side while he has his hundred thousand dollar year job and he's doing his thing. And that's what a lot of these younger entrepreneurs are doing because they don't have to be. So we do a passive investment where we'll actually run your franchise for you. You pay us a little bit more royalty, a little bit more money up front. We'll hire the staff. We run it through corporate and this way they're getting the benefit of being an owner, but not really having hands on. That's a no brainer. Pretty much. I might buy one. You should buy two. <laughs> why stop it yeah. like having one potato chip man. Yeah. It's just come on this is all just experience on this life on earth dude that's a that's a real no-brainer because I mean, like that's like one thing i pay a lot of attention to is just margins and like what am i actually what's my outlay so the passive margin is 50 percent. wow that's crazy yeah so if you get a truck that's doing four hundred thousand, you're net 200 grand because you have to pay your trainer yeah right that's a lot of money there's 50 percent margins huge margin in any industry that's not even like a conversation for most things right i mean people build a house it's at 12 percent, 15 percent. well most things are 12 to 20 percent yeah tops unless you're in an internet thing and that's pretty cool but you know there's not a lot of those around you can jump into yeah i know it's a whole new world that whole crypto space and nfts and all that that seems are you involved in any of that no, I've been watching it, you know, on the fringe. I think it's awesome. That's like they, they, that's like the New Hamptons on real estate. I mean, they just yeah they blew it up. But yeah, like anything like that that blows up, it's the people who got in the beginning that are getting the huge rewards. Now it's just like what are you going in for a lot of money? It's a lot of crumbs. You know, you're, you're buying and you know when you bought it in cheap. If you got in crypto in the beginning, you're one of those lucky guys. Yeah, you became huge. Yeah, I know a guy who built a house out here on his crypto property. He bought it at six cents. Holy and he shit! He paid for his whole house cash and he got out early. But he says, but you know, I own that house free. From crypto. And bridge hand from crypto. Wow. Yeah. And he does, uh, he's a big investor, but that, that was his whole... That's a success story, though. Guy, but if he stayed in, he could probably get about 20 houses. It's crazy how everyone is collabing in that whole ethos of, like, to boost certain things. And it's and it's so yeah. real. That's the power of the social media and the power of stuff. I mean, when... How do we meet those guys, though? Hmm? Like, how do we meet those guys? What's the next thing going to be after crypto? Like, it's like, there is, like, these pushes. Hamptons Real Estate, this thing, well, the stock market. you've probably heard about crypto before and just... Didn't pay any attention to it. I remember when it was like a few hundred bucks. Right. Well, like I said, my friend got involved when it was six cents. That's he, insane. He paid attention early, got in, bought it, and then he got out. Yeah. You know? That's that's unreal. I mean, yeah, I've been... I've. How much do you need, though, right? If you make $10 million, you're set. You oh, $10 live, million you, is good. You could live off the interest of your money. Yeah. You never touch your principal, you know, and you could live off a half a million dollars a year. I got to say, that's kind of the number that's in my head for life. 
Well, that's all you need. Some of these people go out for hundreds of millions of dollars, but after a certain amount, it doesn't benefit you or anybody else no. anymore. It's it. I think at $10 million, uh, I can actively uh, change people's lives around me for the better. And I, I feel like that outreach is something that does make me tick a lot more. Like I oftentimes will find myself even in my own business where I'm like outlaying more than what I'm even getting, let's say. Mm-hmm. And even at the, sta- at the scale that I'm at now. Um, and so I feel like continuing that throughout life is probably the best way. I, you know, I used to have like these numbers in my head. Like I, I want to build a company that's, or I want my, my worth to be like $50 million. I like put these numbers in my head for, I don't even know what the reason is, but then I have dwindled it down to about 10 because I'm like, and I know it sounds crazy to some people at $10 million, but it really goes fast. Honestly, $10 million is not that crazy, but you can, I wanted to be able to just live off my money. I want to just mm-hmm. be able to like just live and like if with that with that existence I think we'll create more of living in the creative space of life because right now even like having a company and having this it's like I I still as much as I think I'm in such creation mode I'm still in a survival mode. As much as I want to be in creation mode and I do a lot of creation there's still like that instinctual thing. Well, if I don't get a job and I don't keep the thing running if I, I constantly am keeping things running and keeping guys going and putting food on the table for them, but I feel like I could do it differently with with more, you know what I mean? Well, be careful when you think about you do it differently with more, because then when you get the more, then you think. Well, not more, more n- not more, you know? in, not more in the sense of the fifty million dollar range. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but why does that ridiculous? I know people who have made it just by talking about it. Then all of a sudden they make it fifty million is not a lot of hundred million is not a money. You know how many new millionaires were created this year? No, I know like some stupid amount of numbers. And you know what the world didn't do? Didn't create more money. Right. The universe didn't have to open up and, and send a, a, a you know a Brinks armored car from some other spiritual realm like oh Earth needs more currency. <laughs> it's here. Yeah. In the t- t- trillions for everybody to take, but people just don't believe it's there for them. But but even with your thing though, it's the same. Like if, if you're creating a franchise for people, like I'm thinking of the guy in Idaho right now, or let's say let's let's take somewhere else. Let's take somewhere Cincinnati. Okay. The guy in Cincinnati who could start this gym right this second like he could literally google this right now as he's listening to this and within 30 days from now have his own business and not be working wherever he's working or her or whoever um i think that there's a lot of fruit in that and obviously same thing for me like my thing is you know not everyone wants to go shovel dirt and be out in that field and that in that in that environment but i think that with what I can create in that number, let's say, I think I will be able to, my reach will be larger and I'll be able to do more for more people and be more, um, and even be more generous. And I think I'll be able to actually do the things that are like, cause some of the projects that are in my head that are, that are bigger than life. Like, like, you know, it's, that's one of the things I, I, I have a little envy of you in this regard because it's like, 